Hello everyone, welcome to the daily live stream. We haven't had these in a while because I missed yesterday and we don't have them over the weekend. And for some reason last week, no one told me that when I thought it was Thursday, it was really only Wednesday. So anyway, welcome to the daily live stream. We do these live streams to talk about all things spirituality and um, personal development. We are going to be talking about the power of now. We have a little bit more left in this book. I think we'll be able to finish this book this week. So if there's another book study that you would like to recommend, go ahead and let me know. Otherwise, I think what I would like to talk to you guys about is either the Don Miguel Ruiz, The Power of Love or The Four Agreements, because I think that those are very powerful books for our um, development or we can do something more practical and we can go over like a, a book like how we did atomic habits if you need some more practical tips on how to move forward get organized etc um, before we get started with today's lesson I relaunched the podcast for the full moon that we just had yesterday. So make sure you head over to go listen to the latest episode of season three, a little bit different, but I think that all of the quality and all the message is still going to be the same. So make sure you go check that out. Um, women in healthcare, you are going to be, um, new here probably because primarily my focus has not been on specifically women in healthcare, but because that's what I know women in healthcare leadership specifically, that's what I know. And I know that with all of the drama and the changes going on and, and things already being stressed and strained before all of this started, I just feel like I I'm just called to help you out because it's easy for me to leap from my power place. And I used to bring my spirituality and the things that I've learned into my practice. And I found that as a leader, I was able to lead a little bit more easily and effectively and not lose my center. And a lot of women were asking me what I was doing. And so I want to be able to share that with you all. So um, welcome for all of you that are new here. Hey, Gemstone and hey, Rob Brett, we're going to be talking about spiritual relationships today. So I was introducing this new segment that we're going to be bringing into our community. So for all the ladies that are arguing here, you're, you're going to find that the message has not changed. But what you may find is that sometimes some of the examples that I use from time to time may be tied into the women that are healthcare leaders, just because again, I just feel a lot of stress coming from them. And I know that I can help them. Um, but otherwise the message, the spirituality, the personal development, that all stays the same. These episodes, these daily live streams now though, will be uploaded to the podcast as well for those that want to listen, um, when they're on their commute or on their go. All right, so let's get into it for today. We're talking about relationships as a spiritual practice. And if you didn't listen last week, a lot of the conversation was around why we have pain in relationships, how we can transcend pain in relationships, and what to do if we are in relationships where maybe you and your partner are not on the same page, but maybe not feeling like you want to leave that connection, what you could do about it. And so now we're talking about relationships as a spiritual practice, primarily because a lot of the lessons that we learn in life and a lot of the pain, as well as the pleasure that we experience in life is through being in a relationship with another person. 
So Eckhart says, as the egoic mode of consciousness and all the social, political, and economic structures that it created entered the final stage of collapse, the relationships between men and women reflect the deep state of crisis in which humanity now finds itself. As humans, we have become increasingly identified with the mind. Most relationships are not rooted in being. And so, in turn, a source of pain and become dominated by problems and conflict. So again, you're going to hear me hammer over and over about how if you want to live life effectively, it's going to start with your internal psychology, your internal mastery, your personal mastery. And if you look for sources of um, fulfillment and you look for answers outside of yourself, you're going to continue to struggle because a lot of the things that are external, they change and they're temporary. And what you have more control over is your inner state and your inner psychology. But because we, um, think that our inner psychology is being rooted in the mind and being rooted in the emotions and not having the discipline to transcend those things, we end up experiencing these relationships rooted in pain and um, being driven by these things. And in turn, we, again, like you said, we experience the pain and the problems. Hey, Rotonda over on YouTube. Um, so millions are now living alone or as single parents, unable to establish an intimate relationship or unwilling to repeat the insane drama of past relationships. Others go from one relationship to another, from one pleasure and pain cycle to another in search of the elusive goal of fulfillment through union with the opposite energy polarity. So again, when he's saying male and female, think of it energetically. We all have a, a, a blueprint. We all have an imprint. And so you can think of it energetically if that helps this um, make more sense for you. Still others compromise and they continue to be together in a dysfunctional relationship in which negativity prevails for the sake of the children or security through force of habit or fear of being alone or some other mutually beneficial arrangement or even through the unconscious addiction to the excitement of emotional drama and pain, right? We all either know someone that is currently going through this type of cycle or most likely because all of us are around the same age and have been living life for a little bit, we've probably been in this too. And then this emotional, especially the emotional excitement and the addiction comes from, right? You, it's exciting. You're, you're, you, there's always something happening. Your home or hormones are getting released as you have these arguments and there's drama. And then you make up and you release more chemicals and all these chemicals just cause you to be almost like you're on a drug to where you can't even get away from this emotional drama and this emotional pain until you, if you wanted to, you couldn't get away, right? Or, and, or things have to get super bad for you to even, um, you know, unentangle yourself from these type of relationships. Um, however, he says, every crisis represents not only danger, but also opportunity. If relationships energize and magnify egoic mind patterns and activate the pain body as they do at this time, why not accept the fact rather than try to escape from it? 
why not cooperate with it instead of avoiding relationships or continuing to pursue the phantom of an ideal partner as an answer to your problems or a means of feeling fulfilled. The opportunity that is concealed within every crisis does not manifest until all the facts of any given situation are acknowledged and fully accepted. And this is not just for relationships. Let that sink in. The opportunity that is concealed within every crisis that you go through does not manifest until all the facts of any given situation are acknowledged and fully accepted. Hey, Lafayette, as long as you deny them, as long as you try to escape from them or wish that things were different, the window of opportunity does not open up and you remain trapped inside that situation, which will remain the same or deteriorate further. So again, in our relationships, and let's just look at our circumstances um, and, and our non-intimate relationships, the opportunities are not going to reveal themselves to someone that's in denial or to someone that doesn't want to truly accept the fact of what is going on in the relationships, in the internal state, in the circumstances, right? And you can continue to try to deny, you can act like things are okay, you can act like nothing is wrong, you could try to look for these external hits that I was talking about, and you know, a partner is sometimes an external hit, but you can try to look for all these external hits outside of yourself and in your partner and in these relationships. And as long as you want to deny what is the opportunity for you to have something better in your life will not open up for you. So guess what? Things remain the same, like you said, or they get worse. With the acknowledgement and the acceptance of the facts also comes a degree of freedom from them. For example, when you know there's disharmony, and you hold that knowing, through your knowing a new factor has come in and the disharmony cannot remain unchanged. When you know that you are not at peace, your knowing creates a still space that surrounds your non-peace and loving and tender embrace and then transmutes your non-peace into peace. I, I don't, I'm fine. How are you? I don't know if this always happens. Um, well, I guess when you start to really acknowledge the situations that you are in, in your relationship, not only with other people, but with yourself. Yeah, there is this kind of, um, when, when you know you, you should shift, right? You should want to shift. Because if you don't shift, then you're still in that state of denial and not accepting what is and missing out on the opportunity. But once you truly know and you surrender to that knowing, then there's a space that opens up for you to bring this peace in and for you to transmute some of the energy that is going on in your relationships and in your inner state that is causing you this strife, this discomfort, this inability to create a beautiful connection with not only all of who you are as a being, but with other people. As far as inner transformation is concerned, there is nothing you can do about it. You cannot transform yourself and you cannot transform your partner or anything or anybody else. All you can do is create a space for the transformation to happen, which causes the transmutation, right? 
Um, and if you don't know what transmutation is, it's basically when you have these negative, what you may perceive to be negative because they're impacting your life and your relationships negatively. But when you can acknowledge that and see the opportunity in that and be truthful about where it is that you are and also be truthful about where it is that you want to be, you're able to then bring more love, bring more peace, even bring more acceptance and understanding into your life and acceptance and understanding if that's all that you can be at right now or even contentment, or even acknowledgement. These are all higher vibrations than pain and, and um, turmoil and anger and apathy and you know all of those lower level energies that stop you from being able to live life from your power place by changing your inner state and your inner psychology. So whenever your relationship is not working, whenever it brings out the madness in you and in your partner, be glad. What was unconscious has been brought up to the light and it's an opportunity for salvation. Every moment, hold the knowing of that moment, particularly of your inner state. If there is anger, know that there is anger. If there is jealousy, defensiveness, the urge to argue, the need to be right, an inner child demanding love and attention or emotional pain of any kind, whatever it is, know the reality of that moment and hold the knowing. The relationship then becomes your spiritual practice. The reason why is because then when you know, what do you do? You transmute. And what is spirituality? It's moving from lower vibrations to higher vibrations to find the the light that is inside of you and and again the relationships are how we do that the truth is the light robert said exactly the truth is the light um let's see what else does he say say um the real okay if you observe unconscious behavior in your partner hold it in the loving embrace of your knowing so that you won't react a lot of us have a problem with this, right? We not only are slaves to our mind and slaves to our emotion and think that we cannot transcend those initial reactive states that come about when people are triggering us, but we know that we, the way that we operate is the same way that our partners operate. This is the same way most people on this earth operate and yet not only do we fall victim to ourselves, but we fall victim to the triggers that are um, presented from the other people in our life. Again, some of it is to, for learning because if you're triggered, then there's some internal reflection that may need to happen. But at the same time, we have this inability to transform or transmute the energy that comes from other people and that drama. And so we end up getting sucked in again even if maybe we are doing okay when we're alone, right? Unconsciousness and knowing cannot coexist for long. Even if the knowing is only in the other person and not in the one who is acting out the unconscious. I don't know why I can't say that word. The energy form that lies behind hostility and attack finds the presence of love absolutely intolerable. I noticed this a lot. Um, not so, well, yeah. So like not in my loving relationships, right? Because I've come to 
you know, present the type of energy that I want to present in relationships. But as I continue to try to be on this journey, this everyday journey, every minute journey to transmute um, negative emotions and try not to let my mind and my emotions get the best of me. Whenever I approach stuff with love and acceptance, there's a lot of acting out that sometimes comes back off of the other person. Um, and I notice it in clients sometimes. I notice it in the people that I work with sometimes. But there's a lot of this unconscious mess that will come back even as you are trying to live in this light, which makes it even more of a test and a challenge for you to like Brett said, are you going to be in that light even when other people are not ready to be in that um, conscious state? And so they're bringing you a lot of unawareness, a, a lot of energy that can be triggering and that can attack your love. If you react to all of your partner's unconsciousness, you become unconscious yourself. But if you then remember to know your reaction, then nothing is lost. Humanity is under great pressure to evolve because it is our only chance of survival as a race. This will affect every aspect of your life and close relationships in particular. Never before have relationships been as problematic and as conflict-ridden as they are now. As you may have noticed, they are not here to make you happy. Relationships are not here to make you fulfilled. And if you continue to pursue the goal of salvation through a relationship, you will be disillusioned again and again. But if you can accept that the relationship is here to make you conscious, and this is any relationship, we're talking specifically about intimate relationships here, but any relationship that you choose to be in with another person is to ultimately, even if they trigger you, even if you think it's inconsequential, is there inconsequential, is there to make you more conscious. It's not there to make you happy. It's there to help you align with your higher consciousness that wants to be born into this world. For those who hold on to the old patterns, there will be increasing pain, increasing violence. And violence doesn't have to be physical violence. Violence can be anger, irritation, frustration. There is going to be increasing confusion and madness as you try to hold on to these things when as a humanity, we're trying to evolve. Um, so we have time for one more little section. So remember in this book, there's two people talking. This, there's Eckhart and then there's somebody asking him something. And so this is the other person that's not Eckhart saying, I suppose that it takes two to make a relationship into a spiritual practice, as you suggest. For example, my partner is still acting out his old patterns of jealousy and control. I have pointed this out many times but he is unable to see it. And Robert said emotional and psychological violence. Exactly. All right. So Eckhart says for this, you know, you got a partner that's acting out old patterns. You keep trying to tell them they're not listening. Um, how many people does it take to make your life into a spiritual practice? Never mind if your partner will not cooperate. Sanity, consciousness can only come into this world through you. You do not need to wait for the world to become sane or for somebody else to become conscious before you can be enlightened because you could be waiting around forever. 
So you worry about your own journey. Don't worry about your partner's journey. Don't worry about other people's journey. You need to be first and foremost focused on getting your own journey on point and living that. Do not accuse each other of being unconscious. The moment you start to argue, you have identified with a mental position. Listen, the minute you start to argue, and a lot of you, you don't argue, because remember, I'm telling you to think about this, not only in your intimate relationships, but with the relationships with the people that are in your life. The minute that you start to argue, even if you're not arguing, um, you know, verbally, some of you argue in your head, somebody can tell you something and rather than be receptive and, and learn and understand that maybe there's somebody that knows something that you don't, even though it may be different than something you've heard before, you argue because in your mind, you counter whatever they're saying without even taking the time to embrace it. To me, that is also arguing. So whenever you start to argue, you have identified with a mental position and you are now defending not only that position, but also your sense of self. The ego is in charge. You have become unconscious. At times, it may be appropriate to point out certain aspects of your partner's behavior. If you are very alert and very present, you can do so without ego involvement, without blaming, accusing, or making the other wrong. But we usually don't do that. Um, Lafayette said, why not kiss and say goodbye instead of hurting one another? Yeah. And he did mention that. So for those of you that are just tuning in, there are two or maybe three phenomenal episodes from last week when we first started talking about relationships, when he did say that when you really start to elevate who you are, there are a lot of people that you're going to have to either um, grow together or you're going to have to leave. And for those of you that are continuing to hurt one another, the reason why you hurt one another is because neither one of you is on that path to consciousness. You, and that's what he's trying to say. You can't say one of you is more conscious than the other because maybe one of you is throwing jabs in a way that's different than the other. Or one of you is covert or overt and what, or one of you thinks that you may be further along on a path than the other. But if you guys are playing tango on this game and you're not able to stop hurting one another, it's because you both are not woke. You both are living life unconscious. You both are not living life as the spiritual beings that you were put in this earth to be. Because if you truly were being, then the love that you share with the people that you say you love wouldn't play out in hurting one another. So people don't leave because they don't understand that what they're experiencing is not love, it's something else. And, uh, you know, we get addicted to it and we um, or that's all we know, or we're hurt and we want other people to hurt. There's a whole multitude of things that comes down to us truly being led by our ego, by our mind and by our emotions, instead of learning how to have a little bit of self-discipline to transcend those things. So we can stay on our path of living life from our power place. All right. So when your partner behaves unconsciously, relinquish all judgment. Judgment is either to confuse someone's unconscious behavior with who they are or to project your own unconsciousness onto the other person and mistake that for who they are. To relinquish judgment does not mean that you don't recognize that there is dysfunction and unconsciousness when you see it, but it means being the knowing rather than being the reaction and the judge. You will then either be totally free of reaction or you may react and still be the knowing 
still be the knowing, the space in which the reaction is watched and allowed to be. So it's right. If you get to a certain state in life, um, like I, I tell you may, maybe how it look in a healthy relationship. Um, like when Greg's dad died, that was a very traumatic time for him. And that is totally understandable. I don't know what that feels like. I haven't lost a parent. Um, and so no matter how conscious I think I am, I just don't know what that feels like. And we all react to trauma and pain in different ways. And we all don't always as humans react from this power place that I talk about a lot, right? Because we're hurt and, it, and it's traumatic and it's painful and it's grief. Um, and so rather than judge it, you know, and think that maybe this is what needs to happen or you're doing this, why shouldn't you be doing that? This is healthier than that, all of those things there comes a point where you have to just kind of observe the other person without the judgment, just letting them be still in the space, going through the feels, going through the pain and embrace them with love. And if you are in a healthy relationship, that doesn't look like somebody fighting you because you're trying to love them and they don't, they don't understand or they feel uncomfortable when they have somebody that cares about them and loves them. It's about them just being able to be for a moment, however they're being. I'm going to be over here, however I'm being, but I'm going to still send you love. Yes, Robert, very eloquent, giving grace, very eloquent. <laughs> I said it in so many words, but basically it's about giving grace. All right. So then he says, instead of fighting the darkness, you bring in the light. Instead of reacting to the delusion, you see the delusion, yet at the same time, you look through it. Being the knowing creates a clear space of loving present that allows all things and all people to be as they are. No greater catalyst for transformation exists. If you practice this, your partner cannot stay with you and remain unconscious, right? So it's not even about forcing. Like, let's say, you know, there's a lot of women, especially when I used to really follow Christianity, that would have these men that weren't in the church, right? And they would be constantly trying to get their man in the church and constantly trying to pray for him and save him. However, they didn't recognize that part of them trying to make somebody be something because they thought that that was the best thing for this person was judgment. And in that judgment means that they have stooped down to this level of being unawake as well. And so if you want to change somebody, you just have to be, you just have to be your light. You just have to be your light, share your light. And they cannot stay with you and remain unawake, right? They're either going to leave you in some form or fashion. It might be they might physically leave you, break up, or it might be that they're just not in the relationship with you. Because again, we have all these attachment issues that we bring into relationships too. However, like he says, if you practice this, your partner is going to have no choice other than to step up or to leave. They're not going to be able to remain unconscious. And if you are with a partner that is unconscious, then you have to, in some on some level, examine how you show up in the relationship. And if you need a little bit of guidance on that, again, this is a phenomenal chapter in this book for you to understand your relationships on a deeper level. Robert said, be that what you seek. Amen, right? All right. I think we are going to stop there. 
Um, so it looks like we're going to have about two more days of a relationship talk. We're going to talk about, unless you guys want me to finish this chapter, I guess we could just finish it out for the rest of this week. Maybe we'll just finish this because it seems to be a very popular chapter. Again, it's one that we all are familiar with because we get our greatest pleasures and our greatest pain from our relationship. Good talk. Yes, Robert. Thank you for participating. If anybody has any comments right now, go ahead and put them in the comment box. Any questions about your relationship? You have something that you want me to weigh in on. Um, go ahead and put that in. I just have one more announcement for you all. Again, the podcast has dropped. So go make sure you go listen to the season three, um, episode one. If you like what you hear and you want to learn how to shift your internal psychology, because remember, it's not about all the external tools that we bring in to give us an external hit. It's about truly learning the discipline needed to really impact our internal psychology. Then I have a totally free class um, and you can text the word mastery to the following phone number 833-231-4407. It'll give you a five part video class about balancing, reconnecting connecting to yourself, restoring your energy, decreasing stress, just all of my top tips. Um, and it, I, I'll also then text you whenever I go live. So in case you want to make sure you don't miss it, you won't miss it. But usually it's Monday through Thursday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, hey, Kegel. Otherwise, I will see y'all tomorrow. Same time, same place. I don't see any questions or comments. So I will talk you, to you all tomorrow. Bye. Uh-oh.